Hey, Cleveland Moto Podcast. We are back in the West Side Shop. Ta-da. We finally have something that resembles a great day to ride. You know, <laughs> despite everything. It's been bright and shiny and pretends like we're going to all keep the motorcycles out for a while now. And we worked all day. And we did fucking work all day. We had some busy shit. Sold a couple of bikes today. Worked on a bunch of bikes today. Things were generally hopping on a Friday. Um, we're going to go around the table. Everybody introduce yourselves. There's some new faces. So people in podcast land, you better listen closely. All right. To my left. I'm Sean Bilibecki, um, motorcycle enthusiast, um, apparel developer, uh, and I just recently launched a brand called Reverence Co. Reverence Co. And he showed up tonight riding definitely the newest Triumph motorcycle I've seen in a long time. Damn fine. You rode over on the Triumph Street, right? Yep. Street Twin. Street um, Twin. Had it for about three weeks, uh, close to 1,000 miles. Um, put probably 150 on it today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you got to really go some, doing some riding. Yeah. And I heard Eric saying you were doing a, a buck ten coming over here. More teeth. <laughs> According to Triumph North America, he's been observing the break-in period we correctly. We're doing a solid 65 on the yeah, way. At least 65. <laughs> yeah, we do have a uh, we have a, a law enforcement indemnity, so we can admit to all of our sins here, and none of them will be held against us. Well, because we could just be making this shit up. We make it no, all. Nobody it's all knows. Yeah, it's, it's all. It's just completely lying. We're not even here right now. There's a, this is like six Skype channels. <laughs> all right, next. Hey, it's Dustin. You all know me. I've been on every podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely true. It's the more sober version of me. <laughs> you may not recognize him because he's, he's not slurring his words or falling down. Give him some time. <laughs> well, no, oh, me? You're again. looking at me? I'm looking at you. I am the one, the only Johnny Crone. Hello. Uh, yay. And? Uh, I'm Cam Vanderhorst. I'm a Sagittarius. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> Uh, fast cars and slow motorcycles. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> yes, I host a little podcast called the Camden Tubbed Podcast. New episodes every Friday on Hooniverse at 9 a.m. Sorry, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Drink. I need a little bell. Ding. All right, and? And I'm the lowly Steve Hoffer. The lowly Steve Hoffer. <laughs> I got to say, Steve, your energy level seems a little lower than usual. Yeah, work 80 hours and wake up at 3 in the morning God. every day. And the lowly Look like you got some sun today. Well, I was riding and working on that fucking GL twelve hundred I have. <laughs> oh, some guy monkey fucked those carburetors so badly. Oh, man. Which year is that GL twelve hundred? Eighty six. Eighty six. You know Kevin Kevin Rosman, our friend, who does all the street safari and babe rally and cross country uh, beater rallies, five hundred dollar cars. He's really looking for a, a like a five hundred dollar shitbox motorcycle to ride across America. But he really, really wants it to be a Goldwing. And I told him before he purchases anything, he has to get your seal of approval on it. I'll, I'll take a look at it for him. Yeah. And that's what I told him. I'm like, you, we know the world's greatest resource of what's wrong with a Goldwing. Because you've experienced everything that can be wrong with a Goldwing. <laughs> well, he's worked. Everybody in Cleveland thinks it's Al Sir. No, it's Steve Hoff. No, it is definitely not Al Sir. Well, Kevin Al Sir doesn't pick up his phone. Yeah. Kevin's working on that GL650, and I was yeah. telling him, I was like, oh, yeah, Steve's really into those, too. And he's like, why isn't he working on it? Oh, that's, <laughs> like, he would be, but you're here. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, so the guy, so the, the, what the guy did was, the, the carbs must have been seized up, the shafts must have been seized up in the carb. He, he wrenched the, you know how they have, like, that D, yeah. that shaft goes through, like, a yeah. pressed-on D exactly. plate yeah. for the adjustments? Right. He, the D plate. Well, the D plate's there Whatever. so it do- can't index. Right. So it has the D stamped into the side of it so the wheel can't possibly turn independent of the shaft. So he 
hog out each corner of all of those so every shaft and every carburetor has a, like a two millimeters of play in it. What the? Why? <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, some motorcycle shooters be taken away from people immediately to protect their lives. Uh, the lives of the motorcycle, not the people. So I've been peen- I peened them yeah. over as best as I, I could. I epoxied everything in. Oh, shit. Which is a really, I was going to weld them all together. I mean, I was just, That's what mig- I would, I was just mig weld I would have already done, done it. I would have already migged it and been done with but, it. But I've had those carbs off so many times. And, and that's the best example ever. Don't buy an 80s Goldwing if you're not Steve Hoffer. There needs to be like a child services for motorcycles. There should. Yeah. You know, like if yeah. if if <laughs> people could, believe that a motorcycle is being abused in somebody's garage, they could send us over and no. yeah, they should throw we can, them in jail. Though. There should be a jail for people. Yeah. Who, no, who, I think we should just take their motorcycle away from them and, and put, put them in, in foster care. No, put them in a parts pile so you could steal the parts off of them to fix other more worthy motorcycles. The good news yeah. is <laughs> that it's smooth as silk on the freeway now. Oh, is it? Yeah, but it's still. Just off idle, idle, it idles perfectly. I have it adjusted as best as it could possibly be adjusted, and off idle, it's got. You know how I get about it. just yeah. it has it's got to be perfect, yeah. and it's not perfect. No. But it, I mean, it runs per, it runs fine, but it's not perfect, and I don't. It just bothers me. Of course it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I think it's funny that the most anal retentive perfectionist that we have is working on the bikes that are least likely to ever be perfect. All right, that is truly... I'm not, believe me, I'm not anal retentive. <laughs> Sisyphus over here. Uh, Sean, tell us about the event that's coming up next week, because Dustin's probably going to drop this by Monday. Is it next sure. week? I don't think it's next week. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> week. Yeah, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. So um, Thursday, May 26th, is the first ever Motos and Movies. So it is a bike night and movie night rolled into one. Uh, we're going to meet here at the West Side location in Cleveland Moto around 7.30. Yep. Hang out for a bit. Um, leave around 8, take the scenic route back to Tremont, uh, where we're going to go to the Spotted Owl, and we're going to watch uh, Greasy Hand Preachers uh, on, on the wall. So I it's know. Like, you know. Have you seen the movie before? Oh, yeah. Isn't it fantastic? It's, it's, it's interesting. It's rad. I think yeah. people that don't even ride bikes get into it yeah. um, because it, it shows um, sort of the... You know, I'm an apparel guy. I'm not a bike guy. Right? So anytime you get into how things are made and why they're made, um, it, it has to be sort of like... It has to cross over just engines and shit because I don't know anything about that, right? Yeah. Um, I know about I know how to put a shirt together. Right? Sure, you know, you guys are talking about motorcycle parts. I can put shirts and jackets and denim and all that kind of shit. Well, the same goes for carpentry and a, and, a, and, a, and a good electrician and, and, and a I, good plumber. I look at apparel development just like carpentry. You know, I, yeah, that's what I look. I don't. I don't know. What's you build trendy. clothing. I build no, you're building clothing. exactly mm-hmm. right. So uh, anyone who builds anything or is interested into how things are built, I think will uh, relate to Greasy yeah. Hands Preachers. I think so. Right. Dustin and I, we, we share one of the same favorite books, and that's Shopcraft is Soulcraft. Okay. And to us, um, a friend of mine uh, named Chad, and you know, we call him BMW Chad in Chicago, is featured heavily in that book. And you know, that's how I heard about the, the book, was through him. And then I read the book, and I've always felt that way. As a child of the early 80s, where I didn't take one shop class, I took four shop classes. You know, so every year I had technical drawing, I had, you know, two different auto shop classes, including welding, you know. We were building cars, you know. Well, at least we were taking them apart for damn sure, you know. <laughs> we discovered the, cr- the correct way to make a, re- a big car really fast was to make it not such a big car anymore. <laughs> and the horrible things we did to air-cooled Volkswagens behind Wycliffe High School, fucking, that's a good way to live life. And we all learned how to weld things and build things and work on things. 
at the age of 15, 16, mm-hmm. 17. I, th- I think that my apparel background is similar to that. Like, my school happened to have a, a drafting and then an architecture program mm-hmm. in high school, which they don't normally have. Mm-hmm. So somehow I just lucked into, in ninth grade, just saying, I'm going to take drafting. I don't know what drafting was, you know. So I started learning how to, you know, 90-degree angles, top sure. views of things, whatever. And so apparel for me, I do all the patterns, and it's exactly like drafting or architecture. Sure you know, it's all, like, hard paper lines, walking seams, making things work mechanically almost. That's if, right. if clothes have mechanics. So that was the appeal to me, like you said, carpentry. It's like mm-hmm. it's like building things, right? So sure. that you know, if I watch something about motorcycles, I has to I have to relate to that, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't if it if it's over my head right away, I'm like, uh, right. what what's going on? You know? And my wife feels the same way. She's like she enjoyed that movie from top to bottom. Uh, but if I make her watch any kind of other motorcycle movie, she's just, just tunes out she's yeah. like, if it's about ripping motos, she's like, I don't give a fuck. You what's your life to? What's your uh, life she's a web designer for Sherwin Williams. Oh really? Yeah. So wow. She's, Very cool. Uh, uh, she's been there for 10 years, and she does really well there. She's happy to be there. Um, we have some good friends that are in China right now working for Sherwin. Okay, Williams. yeah, they're so. the global dominating paint company. Yeah. They just <clears> from Cleveland. From yeah, Cleveland. It's rad. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's rad. You know? It is. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see about that. Um, so that's very cool, and I'm really looking forward to the event because I uh, I reconned the Spotted Owl last week, mm-hmm. and the guys there are so nice. Everybody's excited about the event. They're really fired up about it. They were. Uh, I just went in. I taken. We just got the Moto Guzzi V9s out. Mm-hmm. So we have the V9 Bobber and the Roamer. And that night, I happened to be riding the the Roamer, and I just was out enjoying the night air. Figured I'd stop into. Uh, figured I'd stop in the spot at Owl. And as soon as the bike pulled up in front, he immediately came out and he was like, "Is this a new V9? Well, Holy yeah, shit! That's right. Oh man! Yeah, oh man! Yeah. I want to talk to you about this." I said, "Well, there it is. Go take it for a ride." He goes, "Oh no, 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 no." He goes, "You, you are aware that we drank here." Yeah. And I said, "I drank. And the, I drank on the way here." <laughs> yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. He He's wants, a very good. He dude. wants a bike in there. Yeah. Um, I wa- the reason I picked that bar. I mean, one because I like Will. Two, mm. it's rad in there. And three, one time I I went there. I think. Some friends of mine uh, got excited about the new Mad Max movie. Yeah. They got too excited and thought that it opened on Thursday. Oh. But it really opened on Friday. So yeah. they got all dressed up in Mad Max shit. Oh, shit. And I met them at Valley View, yeah. and they're in their gear, and they're like, bro, it's tomorrow. Where, where, <laughs> should, where, should, where should we go? All so, dressed up. Yeah, so we went to we went to the spot at Alabama, like the Tremont, and they were playing uh, the original Road Warrior on yeah. the wall, and I was like, dude, oh, movies perfect. in here are rad. Yeah, it was cool to see. Um, so you're all dressed like, up. Let's and watch a movie there. Nothing but mediocre then, about it. But then I made him go to like somewhere okay. like fucking like a sports bar or something, because I was like, you guys are idiots, and you got to pay for it now, right. so we have to go to like a football bar oh, yeah, with yeah. you with feathers in your hair. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it was awesome. Because you're one day early to the whole world realizing the greatest movie made in the last 30 years. Yeah, it was, you know? it was, and there's yeah. no one in Valley View. I'm like, this is wrong. This is the worst grand opening <laughs> ever. And I listen, the worst part is, is I listen to him. So I go back and I, my wife, I got a daughter, you know, she's five now, and my wife's like, where did you go? I'm like, I oh, just... I've really I gotta go again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we did the test run today, so they make sure the costumes worked and everything. Yeah, yeah. Clear toe path. cutter, toe cutter pull, came, pulled it off pretty good, <laughs> but tomorrow we're gonna turn it up. No obstructions in the road on the way to Valley View. Right, we're <laughs> and we're gonna learn to get here much, much earlier next time. Oh, a day early? Fuck you. Super rad. That's very cool. Hey, Cam, tell us about the motorcycle you just bought. Uh, I just bought my first motorcycle, and uh, and being a good, um, what do you say? I don't like to use the term hipster. Because I think that maybe millennial. I think yeah. I think maybe hipsters, I would rather be a hipster than a millennial. I'm not sure. I mean, really? yeah. I, you know what? I'm not sure either. You're young. You're lean. You got your shit together. There's so many things about you that are not actually hipster tendencies. But what did you buy? Uh, I bought a 2000 
Harley Davidson Sportster 883 Hugger. No, you're a hipster. Here, we got you. No, cool. Okay. Good for you. All right. So, yeah. what, what the deal was is I was. Make sure you pick shoes? up your skinny jeans on the way yes. out. Okay. <laughs> I've got them already. Oh, good. Oh, no boat shoes, though. We're teasing him. It is, one of, the, it is jumps, one of the though. greatest motorcycles. It is one of the greatest motorcycles ever built. And it really is. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I've already ordered a bunch of parts from mm-hmm. you to, to kind of make it what I want it to be. Yeah, it's going to be the Built Lot Special. Yeah, it's going to be the Built Lot Special. I've always been fascinated by the uh, the AMF era of Harley Davidsons, yeah, uh, because they're the Harleys that nobody likes, and yeah. I didn't think I liked Harleys for a long time. So I'm like, well, if nobody likes those, if people really don't like those Harleys, yeah. or if Harley people then that's don't the like one those, I then have. maybe those are the bikes that I'll like. How are you not driving an AMC oh. Pacer right now? Just seems to be no the idea. I had the uh, I had the five door Datsun five ten. Yeah, but yeah, not the yeah. cool five ten. The second five ten yeah. with the square headlights. That's Ooh. just not I grew AMC up, Pacer Chevy celebrity level of hatred yet, though. I grew up oh. with the uh, three door uh, Datsun two ten. So, um, how many miles are on this eighty three? Six thousand. Is it Das Hugger? It is Das Hugger. So it has the that's lower good. rear end, the two inch lower front. So for a tall fellow like you, mm-hmm. that's a good. I can see that. <laughs> well, I like. I don't know. Maybe just get a six inch thick, six inch thick seat pad. I don't know. Oh, I really. I like this. I like the seating positions, like on the the new Sportster yeah. Superlow. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm for a cager, a converted cager. Mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable sitting inside the bike than on top of the bike. Mm, okay. So I might not like the riding position after I get. Some miles I, see, I like my belt. sportsters up on their tiptoes. The I like new twelve hundred yeah. roadster. I'm supposed to test ride one on Sunday because uh, some some not so smart people think that I have money and I'm not going to let them think otherwise. Don't don't ever let them run your credit. No, <laughs> no. I like my sportsters. What do you At like this on point, tiptoes? Though, on their tiptoes, man. they could run my credit and I wouldn't lose any more points on it. Though. Yeah, that's true. So, they, I, like, I like my sportsters under my lady. Minimum. Oh, I like the ladder I need to get on my BMW. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, your BMW can drive over most sportsters. Like a 48, you drive over 48, don't even know it was there. Yeah, you're talking to a guy that rides a supermoto. Right. right. I think that is going to be rad. I do too. I I love it. What I think is cool is I think the next big trend in motorcycles is going to be 80 sport bikes. I think that style is going to be. Oh, that's kind of come and gone already. Get out your pink and teal. Yeah. 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 I think the 80 sport bike thing was a, a flash. You think so? Purple rims. It's all the yeah, rims. It might it yeah. might come back. I don't know, but <laughs> I think the roadster is like their attempt to do a Bonneville. They tried to do mm-hmm. that street seven fifty. It is, but what I was gonna say is it? the riding street? position because yeah. it sits up so high so yeah. you don't scrape in corners. It's straight up eighty yeah. sport well, I feel like I'm a mile off the ground. Yep. Yeah. You know, I had a before I had that street twin, I was fortunate enough to have Company car bikes, and I got to one of them was a, a, a Sportster 1200 that Roland Sands did. Company uh, car bikes, rear foot controls, nice. clip-ons. Oh, we saw the so, bike. Yeah, it's you a were down low. Bike. Yeah, you're down low, yeah. and but it's shaking. You know, yeah. it's got the the torque of a 1200. Yeah. Um, so I missed that torque. The riding position was uncomfortable as fuck. It yeah. looked really cool, but you know, a half hour later, your wrists are killing. Yeah. Um, but if you put that in a Bonneville, that engine, then you're stoked, and that's what I think the Roadster is. You know, I think they went after that that. Hipster demographic as well as Harley could identify it with that street right. 500 and the street 750 and just shit the bed you on it. You couldn't oh, yeah. fix those bikes. No, they're awful. The bikes were so bad because they were, Ooh. you know, they were curry. <clears throat> they were complete Indian caricatures of what they thought Harley should be. Yeah. And <clears throat> when you get used to, when you spend your time walking through a Harley Davidson. Too much curry on They were, yeah. <laughs> well, you walk through a Harley Davidson dealership and the best thing that I could ever say. <laughs> about Harley-Davidson motorcycles is they've been doing it so long that their fit and finish, their controls, their welds are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, they put a motorcycle together, even during the dark days. The 84 
the 84 Sportsters, the 883s and stuff, were still quality-built bikes. They were cheap as shit. They built them down to a price point, but the... Forty nine ninety five, yeah. Forty nine ninety five got you a bike that had good switch gear. Forty nine ninety five yeah. and insane tariffs against the yeah. Japanese competition. <laughs> well, kept them alive, I guess. But on the bright side, my RV two fifty has the same horsepower. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, scooter has the exact same horsepower. But that the Curry bikes, the Street seven fifty and the Street five hundred, the switch gear feels like shit. The welds look like shit. There's wires that are just open in the air and don't go anywhere. Yeah, I rode one of those. I put about 700 miles on one of those. We really? Turned it into, they turned it into a whiskey grade, turned it into a, uh, well, Tony from Analog up in yeah. Chicago made it into a scrambler. Right, I saw it. Um, so yeah. the Dirt 750. Right. Um, it it just mm. didn't turn it off for a bike that small and with that stance. It should have maneuvered like a Bonneville. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I'd get on my BMX bike, and this is like kind of my test on how bikes maneuver, yeah. is I'll, I'll jump on a BMX bike. And if I can still feel like it's normal, I right. feel like that's how it turns. Like triumphs turn like that. I'm sure yeah. Goozies, you know, turn normal like that. Normal bikes do. The but when you're on any kind of Harley other than that that Roadster, I think it's kind of like you're Tron. You're stuck on that straight line, <laughs> and, and if you want to lean over, you just kind of slowly go <laughs> over to yeah. the right. You, know? you um, lean and just goes. The funny thing I gotta say before I forget about the Roadster is I've been a tourist in Harley Davidson dealerships for like two or three years now. Do you get free food? No. <laughs> But, you know, just like various... He hasn't bought the, hasn't bought the t-shirt yet. Yeah. Various places. Yeah, actually, yeah. agreement with my girlfriend is if I own... If I buy a Harley-Davidson t-shirt yeah. before the end of July, I owe her $10. Well, you're allowed to buy them at thrift stores. Oh, yeah. I was just talking to you. I really want you to do, like, <clears throat> a, the Helvetica font, mm. AMF-style yeah. 70s AMF. shirt. Yeah, just so yeah. I don't... It doesn't say Harley-Davidson right. on it. No. Um, yeah, Whiskey Grade already did that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Whiskey Grade <laughs> nice. did a beautiful t-shirt that it's got the red, white, and blue stripes right on it. Sportster yeah. 1, Sportster 2. Sportster 1, Sportster 2. Exactly. One of the best-selling teams. But yeah, you go it. in and they have it's you say, oh, you're a new motorcyclist, so I'm going to hold the handlebars like this. Okay, yeah. and you put your feet here for the controls. Now, if you upgrade, quote-unquote, to the forward controls, <laughs> and then you can rest your It's real comfortable to rest your feet here when you're on the highway. The way they're selling the Roadster is, is they hold the handlebars, which are like down here, right. yeah. and you lean over, and then they flip down the passenger pegs. And go, no, they don't. They do, and they go. Now, when you're on the highway, you reach back and you reach back, here. and it's like a cafe. It's a faux cafe racer riding position. Why do they got to do that? Why because can't... they don't know how to sell mid-mounted pegs. Crazy. Why don't they just say enjoy? My bike. Why don't they just say <laughs> where God put them? Yeah. And when you come to a red light, you can throw your feet I'm down. I'm really excited too. about all the potential of my new bike. Yeah. What I hate is that it has forward controls and. Uh, the buckhorn handlebars yeah. they're like half eight, so you sit like this. Your elbows are almost touching. It's terrible. Because I've sat on a 72, which I think is a super cool bike. If a can of PBR was a motorcycle, it would be the Sportster 72. So somehow they made that bike comfortable, like just sitting on it in the showroom. I sat on a Roadster and I sat on a 72, and I think I'm going to get to ride both Sunday if it doesn't rain. Okay. Um... And the 72, they actually made it comfortable, so you look like a badass with your ape hangers, but whatever they did, for somebody who's going to be riding it around town in, let's be honest, yeah, Tremont, Ohio back, City, yeah. 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 It, it's going to be enough for the, the hipster that's riding back and forth to his, you know, to his, to his gig, wherever. His job in IT or his web development. IT, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that builders, though, are going to be able to do with the Roadster what they're always trying to do. Like when they do Sportster or Scramblers or Sportster or whatever, they can never get over that dip yep. mm-hmm. of, of, like you said, sitting in the bike, right, mm-hmm. rather than on it. And I think they're all just trying to look like old Bonnevilles, like on, you know, Instagrams. All rad builders are just doing straight, you know, as straight as you can be 
from the tank to the back, right? Harley, you can't do that, but with the Roadster, I think you can. You just got to get rid of those fucked up fenders they always have that yeah. have 90 degree angles, basically. And I think that builders in the next year are going to do good things with that bike because the engine, if you look at the numbers on it, the torque, like it beats the 1200s like that are mm -hmm. out now, right? So it's. it's I think it's the same horsepower. Sorry, I think it's the same horsepower as the current. 1200 custom or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think the torque's up. On the it. torque's up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's going to blow the... So what I think, they're like, they're finally doing a good job of going after the, the Bonneville guy. Mm -hmm. But then the Bonneville guy has to accept the fact that he's going to get a Harley. Do we yeah. think, what's <laughs> the price on the Roadster? Uh, 12. Yeah. 12, okay. Semi-reasonable. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the 10 bucks a CC rule. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, hey, you're buying a new motorcycle. You're buying a modern bike that works great and has a warranty that you're going to pay top dollar for. Mine has a USB port on it. Yeah, my, uh, <laughs> that's where we, we uh, we're waiting to get the. Uh, I forgot this when I was doing one of my initial reviews of the V9, the, the Bobber and the Roamer, and after riding both of them a little bit and getting a feel for them, I said I pulled over in the Metro Parks and I was just kind of like doing a little Facebook post. And I was like, they named the bike wrong. It's called the Roamer, but they should have called it the fucking Roadster because it is the definition of Roadster. It has a perfectly straight frame mm -hmm. from the steering neck to the tail. There's not one degree of deviation on the frame. It is literally a fucking ironing board. And it looks like, and when you're sitting on it, I had an old Norton Commando Roadster. I had uh, the Yamaha XS650 Roadster. I've owned plenty of motorcycles that are the definition of Roadster. And this bike feels like all of them. It has the right riding position that you can soak up the miles. Your hands are where they're supposed to be. Your ass is where it's supposed to be. Your feet are where it's supposed to be. It's the most natural riding position. It is a completely natural riding position. I mean, that's the only bike that I Hence the term roadster. Why anymore? I'm very happy. I'm telling you. I like riding the bike around as much as when Kevin rode the bobber. Kevin went out and took the bobber and the roamer out for test rides today. And he came back in and he goes, okay, the difference between the two bikes is this. It's spiritual. When you ride the bobber... You feel like you should be smoking a cigarette, sneering at somebody, and dis disassociating yourself with the public. There's a flat blackness to it, the straight handlebars, you're getting down and hunkering on the bike. When you're riding the Roamer, you're kind of up and enjoying the world. You're like, look, I'm a happy motorcyclist, just mm -hmm. doing my thing. He said that's what he noticed was, maybe it was because one bike was flat black and the other one was bright, you know, yellow, metallic. I love that Sunshine color. color. I love that color. The other difference was, he goes, I just think that the feel of it, just sitting on the bike and feeling like, I'm here and this is my riding position. But Kevin, who's the most sweet, lovable, wouldn't punch, <laughs> you could punch him a thousand times and he'd just be like, man, I'm sorry my face is hitting your fist so hard. <laughs> Damn near Canadian, I'll say. Oh, yeah. Damn near I, Canadian. I thought he might be. Oh, really? No, he's just super friendly. He's just super cordial. For a second, I was like, is this dude like, what is, what is is this dude like crazy religious Luke or something? Hugging, hugging Kevin? Hugging Kevin, yeah. Hugging well, Kevin. we taught him to hug because we, we got him when he was like 22 years old. We adopted him when he was 22. <laughs> and then we, you know, we kind of molded him as a mechanic in our image. And then he turned 25, which is you're officially an adult American now when you turn 25. Some knob? He wants a He knob. became a human. And so now he's out doing a real job thing. Today he came by and we, we proved that you can put two adult men on the V9 Roamer. There ain't a lot of sunshine between the two people. You better be friends. Because if you're not friends early on, you'll be friends by the end of it. Wait, was that your phone or my phone that I took a picture with? No, I took it on my phone, and yeah. Well, I took it on your phone. You were yeah. on the bike. I, uh, I remember riding on the back of a... Uh, two dudes that are over six foot tall. That yeah. freshest was at the Superhawk. Yeah, the Superhawk. Yeah. I, uh, I hadn't touched a man's ass that so much. much in at least three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is seriously... I'll, I'm going to show... We'll put the picture in the show notes. 
But that's two <laughs> six-footers. And we do, both of us are on the seat. We're both technically on the seat. Well, he had about three inches of ass hangover. Yeah, but yeah. his tailbone was on the seat. Yeah. We can't count his cheeks or his belt loops or any of that shit. <laughs> you got to hit some train tracks That, like that, that. picture. Oh, you hit some train tracks <laughs> like that. You're losing your pillion <laughs> on that one. Oh, no, he's going he's gonna to grip all the way through your nipples at that point. <laughs> You're going to lose. Your tits are going to be around the back of you. But that, yeah, that so that was still nothing as good as that one. Him on a Johnny Chrome on a YSR. Oh, the Johnny Chrome on my YSR was <laughs> still one of the greatest pictures there of history. That's yeah. uh, that picture was damn near my uh, James phone and I on that. For, uh, what are you two up on? R ninety. Oh, the R ninety, the BMW. Yeah. At least that does have the world's greatest seat. It's the greatest seat to sit on. The world's worst seat to look at. So speaking of which, I wanted to talk for a brief moment about our worst motorcycles. I'm going to give you a quick premonition or a quick intro as to why we're doing it. We had a customer drop off a Honda. Not so bad so far. 1975. Still okay. CB. CB. Uh-huh. Doing good. We're there. Five. 500. Oh, what? Ah, ah. T. Duh. T. Oh, God, I wish I was a British motorcycle. Or what's the best way to fuck up a Honda CB450 Black Bomber? Add 10 years. And really, and they took... Seat. And a brown seat. <laughs> <laughs> and fake well, pea shooter exhaust. Stamped pea shooter exhaust. From what I read, the vibration was so bad at any at relatively any decent speed yeah. that the seat would have eventually been brown anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you so, couldn't have possibly yeah. kept your food inside. They just, <laughs> they just got right to the point yeah. with it. The one reviewer said, in 10 years, they couldn't figure out how to install a counterbalancer, rubber mounting, or a sixth speed to the world's most annoyingly vibrating motorcycle. There was nothing pleasant about its sound or its power output. And because the EPA laws and stuff of the day, they had to get the decibels down super low, so they made these terrible mufflers that are actually split top to bottom. So they're stamped together with about a quarter-inch fucking external seam that never looks good. Mm. doesn't look good on a gas tank, and it damn sure doesn't look good on an exhaust system. It looks good on popsicles. (laughs) because <laughs> that means you have a friend to share with <laughs> that's all it looks good on. but it does not look good on motorcycles and it just looks like a cheesy fake interpretation of somebody else's existing mandrel built quality welded exhaust system no this is two pieces of fucking bullshit stamped steel welded together and chromed by Lowe's Bitter the bikes had a tendency to not get enough oil to the top end which caused a lot of cylinder failures, which is what the bike that came in had. A lot of the bikes would achieve only four or 5,000 miles and then just stop lubricating. They would puke oil out their, uh, uh, their engine... Uh, uh, breather. Well, breather, yeah. Their, their engine oil breather. They'd start basically wet something out of there. And just depositing all your oil, well, the breather went back into the airbox and exhaust system. So now you literally have a vacuum device sucking the oil out of your motor. That's good engineering. Uh, All the things they did, and none of them were good. And the result is the bikes got parked for mechanical issues 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And those bikes that were parked 20 and 30 years ago are now hitting Craigslist because they do look like a Honda version of a British motorcycle. And they're not, I mean, I think they're unattractive. There was one in the front window whiskey grade for a while, uh, a brownish green bike. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, but among the mechanics, these things, and among collectors, these are like <clears throat> the one Honda, of all Hondas, 
that you should fucking stab and burn with fire because <laughs> they just shouldn't exist anymore unless they're a static display. You know, so that I w- and I wouldn't even buy one. No, you like the fact that you're the like you are the misfit toys collector of motorcycles. Yeah, and you love Hondas. Yeah, and so I you wouldn't one. touch one. Yeah. Oh, I have a good quote from uh, Psycho World magazine about it. Yeah. The 500 is a cosmetic masterpiece. The T-Bike is lovingly painted, plated, styled, trimmed, and striped. Its appearance is its message. Once you plunk your buns in the saddle and fire it up, it's all downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good review. Like they said, they turned the black bomber into the brown bomb. So they took them 10 years to destroy a perfectly good motorcycle. Uh, That's my bike. That's my bike that I I just don't like it on principle. I don't like it on... I certainly don't like it based on every everyone I've ever touched or worked on has been a nightmarish failure. They all have multiple problems. And they're not they have not stood the test of time at all. People foolishly buy them, foolishly buy them for two, I think this guy spent like 1300 bucks on it or 1800 bucks on it because it looked good and it was shiny because it had no miles on it because it spent the last 20 some years in the garage on half of a motor, you know, because it had decided to, it got hungry and it ate its own left piston. So, you know, Buy a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's your what's your least favorite bike there, Hoff? I think I've already said it many times. NEC series, you know, uh, CM, CM Hondas. Oh, the CM400s. Yeah, CM... Yeah, any any of those CMs, the customs, the equ- the economy twins. Oh yeah, I, uh, I just like worked it. on one the other day. Prince rode one. Yeah, yeah. Prince rode a Honda CM four hundred. I thought Automatic. it was a, a CB. I thought it was a CB four hundred. No, CM four hundred A. Yeah, the difference is the B's are okay. The M's okay. are not so good. Yeah, I know it's a weird thing, but what I love about that speaking, bike is yeah. that uh, Prince, uh, yeah. rest in peace. You know, he yeah. was a very small guy, so they yeah. put the big fairings on it, so it looked like a fucking electroglide with him riding on it okay. until you realize that yeah. he's like, you know, yeah. five foot two, I think. See, you don't even it's realize that we really have tiny. the bike and all the parts to make yeah, a Prince. Yeah, we could build you a Prince bike. bike. How much? By next weekend. Okay, let's do it. No, no, not us. You, oh, okay. you have time and energy. We have not. Yeah. <laughs> but we have the parts. But we have the parts and the bike. We inventory. We have all the parts and the bike to build the bike. The only difference is ours won't have an automatic transmission, or will it? No, ours is not automatic. Ours is not automatic. No, ours is, ours is a T. Yeah, right. It's CM400T. We had the green cousin of Prince's bike, the Shamrock version of Prince, or you know, the Lucky Charms version of Prince, which is the exact same fucking bike. It was called Patty. Patty. We named it Patty. furniture. Yeah, it stays out all night. All right. But if I, yeah. Can I add one thing, though? Yeah. I also do not like triples. Oh, yeah, you don't like any triples. No, I don't like any triple. I don't like the cadence of a triple. Yeah. I don't like anything about a triple. What about a Suzuki GT550 triple, two-stroke? One came in the shop today with 58,000 miles on it. No. What? 68,000 miles on it. He's buying a a V7. Is he getting rid of that triple? I was like, dude, I want it because he's rebuilt the motor on it twice. He's the guy who's the 737 mechanic for United Airlines. And he rides the bike nonstop. He bought it brand new, damn near 70,000 miles on it right now, which for a two-stroke is fucking balls. That's unbelievable. That's balls. Yeah. He's rebuilt the top end twice, I think. I will say electronically, he's put the electronic ignition kit on it. He's just nailed it. He's got got that bike like aviation quality. It ain't pretty to look at, 
but he rides the crap They're out of it. Got electric start. Yep. Where a lot of them the don't. 550. Okay, that's one they never raced, right? It's the one they never raced, no. and it's the one Air-cooled, that. Air-cooled, the one's Ram Air. And Ram Air Induction, oh, yeah. baby. Yeah. Ram Air Induction. Yeah. How can you go wrong with Ram Air Induction? Anyway, but I tried. He wouldn't give it to me. He wouldn't, he wouldn't trade it. So that's fine. But he said he's going to put 100,000 miles on that bike before he, before he sells it. Because he wants to be responsible for putting 100,000 miles on one motorcycle. And he picked life. a two-stroke. I was going to say, <laughs> you could pick a million different bikes yeah. to do that You on. could have picked any BMW. and Right. But literally, picking a two-stroke triple yeah. is like, wow, you were wrong twice. And you're still going to prove us all assholes. Yeah. Cameron, what's your least favorite bike on the planet? BMW C1. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid... It's I called was, the Roof Scooter. I love those. When I was a kid, <laughs> I used to collect little models of... My parents very you know, firmly told me that I couldn't allow motorcycles. Yeah. But now they have two scooters. Yeah, that's what parents do to you. So what's mm-hmm. up with that? Yeah, once you get out of there, once you leave the nest... I can hear the sublime Oh, the truck with a roof on it. It's God. a truck with a roof on it. Uh, I no, would, it's uh, a scooter. I would, I would collect uh, little 118 scale yeah. models. The... The Maisto, I think, yeah, 118 scale models yeah, of uh, yeah, motorcycles, yeah. and some of them Harleys, I and a lot of that. You know, I, I was equally that. represented between Japanese, German, and, and the Americans. And uh, as a gift, somebody got me the BMW C1. Yeah. And I was aware of it beforehand, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, thanks. Because there was a lot of really crazy stuff that came out in the 90s. I mean, I have really terrible tastes. Like, yeah. I, I look at back on the 80s <laughs> and the 90s with rose with rose-colored glasses where I right. like a lot of stuff that I really shouldn't. Right. It wasn't really that great. My no. Mustang, for example. A lot of cocaine was making it into the design department. In the yeah. Oh, Mustangs. yeah. The BMW C1 yeah. is one of very few things that was forward-thinking <laughs> of that era that I saw that as a kid, and I'm like, that's fucking stupid. That was the answer to 17 questions nobody fucking asked. Mm-hmm. Can we build a motorcycle that can get through legislation in Europe so you can ride it without a helmet? Because Italian people were pissed about having to put a helmet on a $900 haircut. So, <laughs> I'm not fucking around. There were rebellions in Italy over the helmet law. When they came out with the helmet law, a guy in Italy got shot by the, by the Cavanieri because he refused to wear a helmet because his haircut was very expensive. And so he blew a checkpoint, drove right through a checkpoint. The officers said that they thought he was trying to ram them on his Vespa, and shot him and killed him over a fucking helmet. Well, which technically is over a haircut. So, yeah, they have a law. So they wanted, they said, let's build a motorcycle that can preserve the integrity of our hairstyles. So it has a windshield, it has a roof. Which, though, is... is preserve the integrity. Yeah. Be completely lost on me. Hold on, hold on. Too, to be though. fair, though, that just means the yeah. hairstyle then drops panties, so really yeah. it's panties are dropping less. That's yes. what they're afraid of. Not so much about hair, <laughs> panties drop. It is true. The Italians want to preserve the integrity of sex. Yes. For all so, things. Just to be fair. Yes. So no, and the Japanese <laughs> have a similar, the Bosozoku yeah. gangster motorcycle yeah. culture. I think it's December 26th. Mm-hmm. It was the day, so the last day you could ride without a helmet on. I think it was like 1977 or something. Jesus so right Christ. at the birth of that. Yeah. And they would just like, oh, what's what's adorable about Japanese culture is that their idea of rebellion is like, oh, I'm going to steal one of the things you hold on the subway that oh, they yeah. replace every two weeks and hang right. it from the back of my car like I stole something. Like I stole something. Or, or I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive on the freeway really slowly. Like that's <laughs> how they, like they, like, <laughs> they're ga- like their their entry level gangsters don't like steal things or beat people up. They might they just beat each other up, but they like they inconvenience people. 
Like, oh shucks. I was two minutes late to the train station because these assholes these were damn gangsters. back and forth. Yeah. They, they just sit next to you and go, eh. Mm-hmm. Gang activity. I wish I could remember the name of it. But yeah, there's a, there's a holiday at the end of December that, that they, you know, that what's left no, of that culture. They don't even do that, they do this. Really? The, the, end of, the, the end of helmet free riding. Jesus, Christmas. The, yeah, the C1, I rented one. I, I was on a trip to Europe and I rented a. I was like, oh, well, what do you got? Gave me a list of the motorcycles I could rent, and I was like, oh, no, I need to rent that. <laughs> that is hilarious. And it was a 125, because the rental fleet only had the 125 in it, which it's about 560 pounds, I think. Oh, it's yeah, super man. heavy. It's fucking super heavy. And I'm a person who's been riding motorcycles since I was about as short <clears throat> as this table, and I <clears throat> could not start it because it has a seatbelt, a lap bolster, literally an arm that acts as a parking brake. <laughs> that when you sit on the bike, you have to pull the bar down like a ride at Cedar Point. I was going to say, was this yep. a fucking roller yep. coaster ride or what? You got to engage it, and then once <clears throat> those things are all engaged, side stand goes up. Now you may start the motor. And what I determined was the first traffic circle that I went into, I nearly found out what the big shoulder bolsters were for because I've never ridden a motorcycle where like 30% of its operational weight was above 36 inches. Mm. Because the whole canopy is all metal. The, it's all plexiglass, the whole thing. It's got windshield wipers and, like, you know, it's got a lot of shit. I, I, <laughs> after the traffic circle, I was going to look on the top for the roof AC unit because I was certain <laughs> there was something pulling me into the turn. Fuck it was sick. terrible. And you're right. That's a horrible fucking bike. Whenever I've seen pictures of that bike, I was just thought, like, I wonder how good the front brakes are like can, can i brake check can, it into can full i roll up? yes can yes. i stab the brakes hard enough to yeah. do a somersault we had that the, uh, episode of south park with uh mr garris yes the it creation the it creation we have to yes yeah. it was not ginger <clears throat> it was not the segue it was the it so johnny chrome least favorite i can't go to chinese scooters this time no can we I? use that we used that yeah, one used time that. we talked about that um I would prefer specificity. Man. I would prefer a bike that is like an a actual bike. bike. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> not the first generation. Not The first generation was badass, but the 88-ish and up Katanas. Are just yeah, you're just going, like, I don't blame you. I mean, it's not because of what we have it's here. It's the just 92 like, Camaro of the, the, the motorcycle world. I've never seen a Katana ridden by somebody who wasn't wearing I mean, sandal shorts and a wife beater. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It, and a full-face helmet. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I grew up really close to East Lake, so... Yeah, yeah, you'll have that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to disqualify that one because we've had bad luck with them here, yeah, the CB650 Honda. Oh, yeah, well, they just have their own. I just, yeah, I've never had work. good luck trying to. You know, when make Jeremy Clarkson, when they were right. talking about the on Top Gear, they were talking about what's the, the worst fucking cam. car in the world. The single they cam. didn't say it was like a Dramont or something. They said it was like a BMW because it should have been great, mm-hmm. but it missed the mark. Yeah, you and get like, Honda CB and you're right. like, holy shit, that's yeah. like one of the best bikes yeah. ever made. All my friends told me to buy a Honda yeah. CB, but I agree, the CB650, single cam, the dual cam, two or three, they came out with a dual twin twin cam. A double event cam that was the same basically as the 750, as the the, the second generation yeah. Nighthawks. Yeah, those were problems. fine. Yeah. The single cams, the charging system sucked. Yep. The electrical system sucked. It's a it's an abomination. It's a crime because it should have been better. Yeah, because it had all the Honda behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Dustin. <sighs> Can I go into one of the like kind of category type things? I don't know. I prefer specificity. Like I said, 
I'd like you to. I'd like you to. Well, I would just specificity. You don't like the ones Cleveland Cycle Works. You don't like the yeah. ones that are in the ditch. It's a, well, and that's where we come into that Chinese representation of, that's, a, of a chopper. It's a Chinese representation of a Harley or a Chinese representation of a chopper of some sort. Just any of it, yeah. like even that yeah. Sim Wolf that I had to yeah. take around and, yeah. and shake down. Yeah. It just you just feel the China. You can feel the can low quality. Feel yeah, and you China. just feel how horrible the steering head bearings are, and just how horrible every bearing in the damn motorcycle yeah. is. Rims aren't supposed to wobble on yeah. any motorcycle. <laughs> and I, I know it's a category and not a specific right. bike. No, I'm with but you. honestly, yeah, I'm it is you. a specific bike because they're all made by the same people and I just would, branded differently. I would go as far as to say, mile motorcycle. What's that? Buy a brand new fifteen thousand mile motorcycle. Well, of course. <clears throat> I mean, you've spent, you've proven, you can buy an American motorcycle <clears throat> with how many miles? Thirty-six thousand. What? Thirty-six thousand. Okay, so you're buying a motorcycle that you know runs. It runs well. It's been maintained. It's broken in for far less money than That's any not even, of though. the Chinese. Did you tell them it's kitted? It is kitted, right? Didn't you say it was twelve hundred? No. I thought you did. I'm no, sorry. I'm saying I'm I want sorry. to this winter. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. But that motorcycle he bought is a bike you can buy parts for. You can support. Fuck, you can put a Rika kit on it make it look like a freaking cafe racer <laughs> if you want to. But it's a completely sustainable motorcycle with a pedigree that you can get parts and service for for less money. And not a little bit of less money, but a whole goddamn half a motorcycle less money than any Chinese bobber, chopper, fake Sportster, whatever thing oh, I've yeah. ever seen, which all sells for right around three grand or better. Yeah, I I accidentally yeah. walked into a Chinese motorcycle dealership yeah. and I didn't like. I was amazed at how expensive this stuff was because it was cheap, but for what you're buying, oh, it's very expensive. Yeah, the value proposition was yeah. was just yeah. Ugh. And that's the thing is, people have this problem is they think that buying cheap is cheap and buying you know. Well, they couldn't sell it to you if it was bad quality. No, no, nobody ever wrote that rule. Yeah, they are allowed to sell it to you no. if it's bad quality. We, I think people, I think consumers get really spoiled by the fact that like a lot of people mm. who are new motorcyclists yeah. kind of judge it. It's transport, so it's right. like my car, and you can't truly buy a bad car anymore. It's pretty hard to. Yeah, you yeah. can. The DOT and EPA <laughs> are trying to protect you. My buddy had like quote unquote the worst, new, the worst new car on sale. Well, that's a, what. That's the. I keep waiting for that. Garage, and it I'm was not actually a damn it. good car. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I was. It's the motors the Chinese wave of motorcycles and scooters has been here for a decade. And it's now it's also and it's now at this point finally, now almost ten years later, being legislated out. So more and more of the states are putting these bikes that have been proven to be problematic. If a certain brand of Chinese motorcycle experiences certain critical failures, the state of Pennsylvania has made eighteen or twenty brand names you've heard of illegal for sale. And registration in their state. Yeah, like what Steve and I were talking if about. If you own was... a Vento, 250cc, <laughs> I wish I was a Harley, <clears throat> made in America, lightly assembled in Mexico, from China, that bike is now illegal. You own it, you have a title for it, you cannot put a plate on that bike. <laughs> nice. You have to sell it. So, I mean, or drive it illegally. But some states are picking up on that, which is great. So, do you have a least favorite motorcycle, Sean? It's going to be a category because I don't know if so I got to spend in the last year a lot of time at different IMS international motorcycle shows in the country. Oh God, yeah. Um, so New York, Cleveland. That's its um, own fresh hell, isn't it? Yeah. And, and there's parts <laughs> of it that I like, you know. Yeah. But there's parts of it that I don't. So the Miami one uh, had in the in the walkways they had like the local you know builders bring their bikes. 
They all had 26-inch front wheels, and they all of them had lights on the bike that did not show you where you're going, <laughs> tell you something about the motorcycle, or let an oncoming car know which way you'd like to turn. So I call them donks. Yeah, okay. Because they're redonkulous. Yeah, they're, they're redonkulous. 30-inch um, front wheels. Yeah. And ground effects that made it look like you are floating. Some had fog. Yeah, that made it look Some like fog. that made it look like you're on a purple cloud. Your basic in-house fog generation system. Yeah, so on those the bike. those bikes, I hate. Well, usually that's just the, the fog created by the tire rubbing against the fender, or something, or else. the suspension rubbing against the ground. Yeah, so we, but, there were tons of donks last year at the show. It was if if I could if so I could pick another one, CF, that's it. CF okay, so that's Moto, CF that's Moto what it is. and all of its things. There's a circle on I've a side. I've had experience of it. with four of those, yeah. and I've had like six bad experiences with four. Yeah, the CF Moto, <laughs> the front of it looks like a chopper motorcycle, like a Honda V Magna, V45 Magna yeah. thing. There's yeah. two portholes on the side that you'd think came out of a 56 Thunderbird, <laughs> but they're not portholes, they're speakers. They're speakers, baby. Uh, yeah, they're speakers for the built in MP3 player and AM, FM, whatever. You. The back drivetrain, which it's you're thinking it's a motorcycle, is just a 250 cc or 150 cc scooter. Oh, they motor. make a 250 version? Oh, yeah. Belt wow. driven to the rear wheel with a 15-inch, you know, yep, yep. the world's worst. 130, made of 130, 90, 50, whatever it is. Two millimeter front forks. Yeah. And they <laughs> overheat within nine seconds of turning them up. Nice. Yeah. They're really, really bad. Um, CF Moto sold a metric shit ton of those. And <sighs> a, we just got to the point where they would come into the shop, we'd look at it, we'd go, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I would photograph the document. I would take my phone and go around the bike, take five or six pictures of it, and I would spend a lot of time photographing the the VIN plate because the VIN plates were completely illegal. Like, these were fictitious VIN plates being glued to the frame of the motorcycle. Usually just a Mylar sticker on the bike. And we found ones that like all had the same, you know, engine family number, all had the same manufacturing number, even though they were on vastly different manufacturers' names and bikes. So it was just complete bullshit. But the good news is most of those bikes did have the courtesy to self-destruct long before Quickly. they could do harm to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody got to ride those bikes long enough to get hurt. I did find the information on that helmet law day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, my buddy uh, Ben wrote this for Japanese Nostalgia Car Magazine. It's, uh, it's called Dukoho Eve. Ducoho Eve? Yeah, uh, it's, let's see here. On November 22nd, 1978, over 3,000 Bosozoku motorcycles and cars swarmed the streets of Tokyo, cruising, parading, revving, and generally causing a ruckus. They were out to celebrate the end of an era. That's because on the following day, a new Japanese traffic law would require helmets for all motorcyclists. So a huge shukai, which is meat, was yeah. held the night before, and from that day forth, the 22nd of November of each year became a Bosozoku Memorial Day of wow. sorts. The Japanese call it Ducoho, short for... Ooh, Doru Kotso Hokusai, or Road Traffic Law Change. <laughs> ever, the, ever the practical. <laughs> so, they could have just gone with Gay Beha like the, the Germans would, and shorten it right up. Yes. They, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. We live in a place where we have states that have different laws regarding helmets state to state. <clears throat> we, we have an organization, a national-level organization, whose whole goal is to protect us and make things better for us motorcyclists yeah. that, as near as I can tell, spends all of their efforts mm -hmm. and resources making sure that we can all die f with freedom of not, not wearing our helmets. Is that the AMA or is that a bait? It's AMA. Oh, the AMA. AMA. Well, the AMA does a lot of stuff, but one of the things that they're trying to do is they, they, they're trying to do... Isn't it funny that 
the American Motorcycle Association yeah. and the American Medical Association oh. have the same acronym? Yeah, right, it is. It's hmm. just, hmm. I wonder uh, what they have in common. They're in collusion. Yeah. Fresh stream of uh, organ donors. Anybody exactly. want to get a really, 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 really <clears throat> long email? Sure. Okay. The answer is no. Say no. Okay. Say no. Oh, okay. no. So I'm going to cut it way down. Uh, so I'm just going to... And... I'm going to cut the entire first part of this out and just say this email starts out with, So, needless to say, I enjoyed the hell out of a wrenching and riding a scooter, and I went and had a proper midlife crisis by buying a 2007 Triumph Speedmaster. Oh, Eric just left here on Speedmaster of sorts. Uh, I went and bought a 2007 Triumph Speedmaster two months after getting the license. Tennessee law says 125cc and up does require a license. Yes, I did hear you guys ragging on the America, a podcast back. No, we just we didn't rag on it. We just said Triumph had to come up with a name for its heaviest, slowest motorcycle, and so they said America. America. <laughs> yeah, because that is... There's like you said about a certain other manufacturer <laughs> right. and how they put street on everything they can't right. sell. Triumph said, it's fat, it's heavy, and it's slow. We need a name. America. Which Fuck I yeah. think is fucking hilarious. So, Yeah. But I love the hell out of the thing. I like the style. I like the reasonable power it has. I like the saddlebags and other aftermarket stuff like pipes and handlebars that make it a bit more custom. And I love that I got the friggin' thing for the price of a Harley Davidson his and her matching jackets and do-rags. That's excellent. I call her Adele because she's British. She's beautiful. Or maybe it's Adelaide. Uh, No, it's Adele. Is it Adele? Yeah. I call her Adele because she's British. She's beautiful, sounds great, and with the saddlebags, it's a little wider in the rear. I don't baby her as I've already put 4,000 miles on her (laughs) since November. If it's above 40 degrees and 20% or less chance of rain, by God, I'm riding. I caught caught in the rain once, drove into a gas station that said no ethanol, and filled up. But they didn't have the 93 octane, which is what I usually feed her. They had 87 octane only, in non-ethanol, 5% ethanol, and 10% ethanol. So in Kentucky, you can't pick your octane, but you can pick your ethanol level. Oh, God, I'd prefer that. How How much corn do you want? I know, very unusual. The other weird thing is my bike ran a little stronger, sounded like it was burning just right, not too lean or too rich. I wrote it off as being the weather or something, and then the next fill-up I went back to the hard stuff, 93 octane. Son of a bitch if it didn't run a little worse. Sound a little shittier. I ran that tank down, tried half a tank of a different station's 93, thinking quality might be the issue, but still, not nearly as throaty or snappy as it was on the 87. Then I heard your podcast. Right at the end, where you were talking about octane poisoning, an engine's designed for a specific octane, the light went off. I went back to the non-ethanol 87 octane, filled it up, and Adele ran like she'd just gotten a tune-up. On the top of that, I got four more miles to the gallon. When I bought it, they told me to run premium in it, which I did. But the funny thing is, I used to teach a little one-credit course called the Art and Science of Auto Racing. One credit course called the Art and Science of <laughs> Seems like a best topic for one credit hour. Wow. Yeah. When my university tried to come up with courses to keep freshmen interested past the onslaught of all the other 101 courses they had to take. One of the things I talked about was octane and quench, and how engines are designed for specific octanes. But while I pointed out to the students that adding high octane usually won't improve things, I never considered that it might actually be detrimental. And even affect timing. Way to go, Cleveland Moda. All of this squid. to say, what's that? Squid, squid just squid. went back. Yeah, yeah, that was a squid. squid. People complain about the, the sirens on the podcast because it freaks them out when they're in their car and they hear the sirens <laughs> go by. Well, that was the sound of a squid going by. All of this to say, I love the podcast. The alcohol fuel discussions make me think of being a kid again, hanging out in my dad's garage, learning and laughing with him and his friends. And I look forward to them every week. So keep them going and keep bringing up items like Octane, Airbox Design, and so on. They make the show and they make me feel, they make my day. 
uh, happy when I apply them to real life. Right, safe Matthew guy. Thank you. Well, Matthew. that certainly yep. is Kentucky that he grew up drinking booze with his dad and his friends in the garage. Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee. But yeah, so that's our that's South our of one Ohio. obligatory. It's obligatory. We're going to the customers. <coughs> After email that, I got home from school. A, a victim's email. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the game on that one. The uh, aside from that, any, anybody else have anything else to report? Well, Everyone from a million miles around needs to come here on uh, May 26th. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I'm <laughs> absolutely... Motos and movies. Yeah, Motos and Movies is... I mean, I'm happy that you that we got in touch. Because we have been so busy building this shit. So putting this shop together, we have completely neglected the one thing that people like to do, which is go ride their motorcycles. Because all of us have been turning in you know, long hour work weeks and too many hours... Just trying to get so we could be open to do what we love. Mm-hmm. Just to get the store open. Just to go through things. I got a zoning appeals board hearing Monday morning. Like, There's like that part of being an adult that is really fucking with my riding schedule. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh, what's, uh, what's Revenance doing? Reverence. Reverence. So it is, I launched it about two weeks ago. Um, we're starting with a little bit of light apparel and some accessories. And then in the next six months we'll get into a lot more apparel. Um, no brick and mortar. Uh, it's just going to be online only. Mm-hmm. And so far, two weeks in, shipping a lot of international orders. Uh, really? Things are going well nice. so far. Um, wow, so, where are you getting a lot of your orders from? Um, a lot in England. Um, Interesting. If we ship to Russia, <laughs> we sell out to Russia. <laughs> if my we wife ship is, to yeah, Russia. My wife is Russian, and she was like, don't ship there. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's just rot with fraud? Is that the idea? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy there. Um, and then they're I'll, just bootlegging your shit over there anyway. So. Already, yeah. yeah. Probably my wife, my mother-in-law has probably got his own shop. <laughs> if you want to see Reverence Brick and Mortar, go to Moscow. Uh, a friend of mine moved from, moved from Russia. But it's Reverence, <laughs> it starts with a T. Yeah, it's got backwards R's in it. <laughs> <laughs> he moved here when we were in the seventh grade, and uh, he told me, like, just like it was like a totally normal fucking thing. He said, yeah, he's like, Russia's beautiful to visit. Just make sure you carry some money in your sock. Is that when the police shake you down for bribes, you still got spending money with you? Like you came up with the sock idea. <clears throat> well, like he's shaking down all over the place, and the cops start with your shoes. And it was yeah. well, it was just funny because, like, for him, it was like a totally normal thing. Right. Like, yeah, that's just like I, I. It's just weird that the cops here don't do that. No, oh, come on. I when I was traveling uh, in a couple of different <laughs> countries, they, they were just like, shoot oh, you, you keep here. thirty or forty bucks in your wallet of whatever the local currency is, and then you put your your big money because you're a tourist. You got too much money always. You always put that money in your sock or your shoe or your underwear or your whatever the fuck. And I was like, you guys got it all wrong, man. You put 20 or 30 bucks in your wallet and you put... The rest up your ass? You put the rest in a goddamn <laughs> dirty diaper or in the taillight of your motorcycle or anywhere. And then put another 20 or 30 bucks in your shoe. So after they take your wallet and they empty your shoe money, they think they got you. And you're just the cheap guy in the bunch. And then you got real spending money left hiding in the turn signal or the taillight of your motorcycle. Or, or covered in shit. You're like, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hesitate one Go ahead, bit. take the poop money. I'm still the guy, when, when I travel, I always take my, my bankroll. Like, I've done cross-country trips where I've sold seven or eight motorcycles. And by the end of the trip, I got 20 grand in cash. Well, that money is going into the most, like, six-day six day underwear. <laughs> like the proper ones. Oh, you're, the, you're poor banker. Oh man, no, the hell with it. <laughs> they get money from crackheads and strippers all the time. I just time. think about all the money I've ever touched. 
Yo, then you should never think about anything ever again. Yeah. Don't touch any yeah. money from me. Yeah, <laughs> he works at a poop factory. Yeah. yeah. We you peel it, it out of the grip pans and then take it. And then yeah. put it in the washing machine. In the beginning of the podcast, yeah. you, you, you call that tips, yeah. don't you? Because uh, yeah, I saw you guys had a washing machine there. Why does this dollar bill have corn on it? <laughs> Are those <laughs> tomato <it> seeds? <laughs> so I got a quick uh, question for you. Dustin, what's our time count? Our time is 54 minutes. Perfect. Excellent. So, I wanted to ask people questions about eBay etiquette. You know, we all buy shit on eBay. Everybody buys shit on eBay. So, buying motorcycles on eBay or guns on eBay. Well, you don't sell guns on eBay. They got a gun bay for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so. Gun broker. Here's the question. If you are purchasing a high-dollar item, let's just say you found a motorcycle that you're considering or a 59 El Camino you're considering or, you know, a couch you're considering on eBay, and there's five days left in the auction, what is your opinion on, do you bid now, or do you wait until as late as humanly possible in the auction to bid? And what are your I arguments for and against? Anyone? I snipe. So you snipe. So you're going to use a bidding software program. No, I mean, I wait, and I okay. wait for you the wait, last... You wait, you wait, and you wait, and you wait. See, I do that, but I'm unreliable, and I'll be like, okay, today at 4.38, yeah. this auction ends. Totally and at 5.36, I get the email saying, that auction you were watching just ended. And I'm like, like an hour ago. Fuck. Yeah, I blow that shit all the time. And then I realize it sold for like $6 less than I was willing to pay for it. And I'm like, damn you. <laughs> so I guess my opinion, maybe it's because I'm just older now, is figure out what price I'm willing to pay in my head. Put that amount down as my bid. eBay will do what eBay does and proxy bid it for me. And then if I'm willing to pay $5,000 for it, and it goes to $5,250, and I can be sad that I missed it for 250 bucks. I think the snipers, though, yeah. just will, will pick, away, <laughs> pick away at your bid. Snipers. If somebody wants, okay, say you want to spend 5000 yeah. bucks or something. Yeah. They're going to pick away, pick away, pick away, pick away towards the bid. Right. They're not going to make it and not going to make it. And they're going to kind of figure out. But, I mean, all that happens, like, if you use bidding software, all that happens in the last, like, 12 seconds of the auction anyway. Right, but not if you bid. Yeah. Okay, so if you if you bid... Five thousand and it's at two thousand. Right, the guy could bid two thousand and right. Twenty five hundred. It's only going to take it as high as he's willing to bid against you. Right. So then he could pick away at you, and you yeah. might end up in. But he may, if if you wait till the end and you put in your five thousand proxy bid, right. He may try to run it up, but he's not going to get the time to run it up. So you might get it for twenty five hundred bucks and yeah. not have to. Go through the I mean, torture of spending five grand for something. If anybody puts a bid in 15 seconds within the end of the auction, I'd say even if 200 people put their bid in 15 seconds prior to the end of the auction, I've seen those numbers accelerate faster than I could ever yeah. refresh mm-hmm. my computer. Right. And I've seen them get away from me. I've lost to the tune many, of I've thousands of dollars. I've lost. So, yeah. And that's fine. Okay. So All I right. kind of do a mix of it. <clears throat> I'll start off early, and if it's something that I really want, mm-hmm. I'll think of like my lowball maximum, uh-huh. and I'll put that in there and wait and see who bids on it. You yeah. know, if, if it bids up, and then I have a, like a, a second tier and a third so you're tier. Pretty much playing by the rules. I, I've got three yeah. stages, <clears throat> yeah. but I, I have a couple stages, and, and you'll know right away if someone's sniping you or they're using their friends to draw it up, yeah. to, to drive it up, and then at yeah. that point I walk away. So well, and at this point, then I'm going to talk about the, <clears throat> the the ugly CD underbelly of eBay, which is called. Shill bidding. Shill bidding. It's one of my favorite things in the world. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> it's it's a tough thing because 
if you're selling something and you have three friends that are shill bidding for you and you're just saying, okay, well, I want to launch this auction. I don't want to pay for a reserve. What happens with reserves a lot of time, and I will tell you, I do sell a lot of stuff on eBay and it's usually motorcycles. And what will happen is I'll put a bike up, a ten or you know, $12,000 bike, and I'll put a reserve of $12,000. And then some asshole will bid, you know, $25,000 just to find out where my reserve is. Well, you know, it takes another person against him to get up to that number. You know, if he bids $25,000, it's only going to take him to $1 above whatever the highest other highest bid is. So these people will probe to find out what your reserve is. And all they have to do is an hour left in the auction, cancel their bid, retract their bid. Then you lose all the real estate that that guy gained you all the way back to wherever the latest real bid was. So every bid that countered one of his bids goes the fuck away when he retracts his bid and you have revealed your reserve to the planet. That's the bullshit about it. I agree. Pay, though, because yeah. if you <clears throat> it's a contract. Once you bid, yeah. it says it's a contract. Yes. If you're able to retract on, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> on a contract, it should be retractable by two, the party selling in agreement yeah. with the party buying. Bust the deal, face the wheel, man. That's what, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's what the I rule mean, is. You're making a deal. You're making, yeah. By bidding, you're making a deal with that seller to buy yeah. it at your bid price. And by retracting, right. I mean, I could see... Somebody, and eBay doesn't have any criminal penalties for Welchers. No, they, yeah. And you know what? They, they're harder <laughs> yeah. on the freaking buyer than they, they are on the seller. Much harder on the buyer. If the seller's not happy, they will pull the money right out of your account. The seller has your merchandise. The seller has their money back, and good luck getting. I don't even. Like I don't know, it. man. It's getting worse. I've been screwed as a seller on eBay before. It's very tough by, to by somebody that had buyer's remorse. Yep. Yeah. yeah you know, they they bought a product off of me. There's it was, a lot of ready fire aim. Like, and uh, the product was listed as it's slightly damaged, but works. You know, I had plenty of pictures yeah. to that effect. Like, here's what they look like. They still work great. They just don't look as good. And yeah. it was a classic set of uh, recording speakers. And the guy really wanted them, and he paid a good price for them. Well, when he got them and saw them in person, he kind of got a little buyer's remorse. Yeah. And I'm convinced, because I packaged them very well. I think well. there's plenty of life left in these keyboards, I think he boys. took a little little <laughs> whackety-whack at parts of oh, them. Oh, he really made them. And said they got he damaged. He tuned them up. Yeah. They got damaged in shipping. I want my money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, eBay and PayPal were against me. Yeah. And they told him to ship them back to me in the original packing. Oh, boy. Packaging. So that's what he did. Well, right. once I got him back to the original packaging to where I could file a claim with uh, UPS, right. UPS said, well, how are they shipped to you? I was like, well, eBay and PayPal right. told him to ship them back to me in the original packaging. And they're like, well, it's void. Yeah. So, like, he should have kept the product and yeah. brought it to the nearest UPS place where, them, yeah. where we would have assessed it. Right. And I'm right. like, yeah. and I had to give He's the guy $700 back. I lost a bunch of money on the deal. Painful. See, that's where I argue, my argument could kind of be for shill bidding. Let's just say, situation, I got a $5,000 bike, I want to get 5000 for it. I put it up on eBay, I have you, I'm pointing at Johnny Chrome. I have you <laughs> bid it up to No, five, you, the listener. I have you bid it up to $5,000. Yeah, well, I won't be bidding until the last 15 right, seconds. Right, you're going to be bidding so the last 15 seconds, you. right? So you bid five grand, the sniper. and then yeah. this way, nine or ten other people that get in, I want five grand. Well, if you're the high bidder... I didn't get my five grand. <laughs> so you and I have an agreement to cancel the auction outside of eBay, and eBay takes the auction away, and we get our listing fees returned to us. It's shill bidding. 
Now, if somebody bids $5,100, they're happy. They got what the price they were willing to pay. And all you did was, essentially, you were my shill bidder. You were my ghost reserve. Here's where it works, though, to make yeah. it good for the buyer and the seller. Yeah. Because I'm the opposite of Steve. If mm -hmm. I see something I want, okay, 90% of what I buy on eBay yeah. is used car parts right. and, like, toys and shit that I don't really need. Yeah. So, sex toys? No, like like oh. model cars sorry. and shit. That's no, all right. Yeah. He's got his vibrating Superman underpants on, right? Oh yeah. Now. The only difference I've between been men and boys is a Sibian costs five thousand dollars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I spend money irresponsibly a lot of the time, but I'm responsible about how I spend my money irresponsibly. So I see something I want, and I go, "This is what I'm willing to right. pay for it plus ten percent." Okay. So that I never have that situation oh, of, oh, I, I lost out on it. Yeah. Right. So let's say I want yeah. that $5,000 yeah. motorcycle. I put my max bit in for like something. Stu I don't put in for $5,500. I'll put right. it in for like forty-four fifty-nine and okay. change so that, you know. The and they'll run past it. Out. Yeah. But you get a notice when they run past it. Yeah. So it's like they you run. get a heads up. Yeah. They run past it. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not married to it. Whatever. Because the real auctioneer will keep the game going as long as the bids are coming in. Whereas eBay says at 12.01.01, that fucking thing's over. You know, and that's different between eBay and a real auctioneer. Right. So, because the thing is, is I can make up the ten percent of what I, you know, beyond what I was willing to pay. Yeah. As soon as I get the thing, I'll right. be happy that I got thing, and I won't feel bad about losing right. the other thing, which is money. Right. So yeah, Johnny I, Chrome runs it up to five grand, and yeah. my bid comes in at fifty one hundred. Right. I just want the bike for fifty one hundred. Mission accomplished. Yeah, so I'm well within what I was willing yeah, to Yeah, there might be something to that. I Why mean, do people think fucking logically about anything ever? They don't, and I bid early on shit. I bid early on stuff right away. I'm like, I got an L, there's a 59L Camino I got a bid on right now. I need that like I need a fucking hole in my head, obviously. It's a, you know, it's a, but it's from Texas. You can fit <laughs> a motorcycle in it, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. I've yeah. done it. Uh, and they look mighty sexy. Yeah, I have a general policy. One day that car is going to look really we'll, good parked in we'll, front of our trailer. Will a Ford Festiva, <laughs> will a Ford Festiva fit in the back of it? Oh, I Probably. think a Ford Festiva will definitely fit in the back of a 59 El Camino. I thought yeah. you, is it a Fiesta or a Fiesta? Fiesta? Whatever the hell it is. It doesn't matter. It's a Ford. <laughs> Dude, Ford. it's a 1979 Ford Fiesta. It's 230. We can't make any more fun of it than already it has been made fun Dude, of. Dude, a Festiva and an El Camino would just be. Oh, yeah. That would Amazing. be like a Cameron Vanderbilt. I still like, yeah. I still like Fiestas. <laughs> I do, too. I don't, I don't hate the car. I just realized it was an error on my part buying it. I think Phil keeps inviting me back because I'm the only person at the table who doesn't talk shit on the Fiesta constantly. No, like, you can talk shit cool. all you want. No, right right now, the Fiesta is just like three-tenths of an El Camino. Right now, I'm, seriously, <laughs> I'm looking at that Fiesta going, one trip on eBay, that Fiesta sells for four grand, and then I don't feel bad at all about buying a $10,000 Survivor in... Dallas. I'm going to add you to the uh, obscure cars for sale Facebook page that my friends. Oh, really? You know, so many of my friends have sold weird shit through really? that. Really? If you want to find the one other person that yeah. cares about the yeah. weird POS that you have. Yeah. Uh, there's always one more weird vehicle in the Phil Waters parade of bad ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, you know, I understand. I've witnessed your many. predicament because I've been I haven't ridden that GL 1200 for like six months. Yeah. yeah. And I've been riding the. the You've been riding my, other things. My 1150. Yeah. So I'm nostalgia. Yeah. I get back on that one, and there's just a big difference between yeah. car or motorcycles from the 80s. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. new motorcycles. Yeah. So there's just no comparison <clears throat> for a fuel-injected bike. I mean, why would you even buy carbs anymore? It's the toughest thing. You're riding around a brand-new Triumph that's liquid-cooled. I mean, when did we ever think that was going to happen? 
was that we would have a liquid-cooled tri-parallel twin. Like, that hit everybody. When they announced that that bike was going to be liquid-cooled, I think secretly we all kind of knew it, it would eventually have to be, just because of emissions regulations and stuff. But it violates all the, the things. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have a tachometer. It has amazing fuel mapping. It's got liquid cooling. It's got grunt for days. It's still a 900 motor, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, and the USB thing, when he told me that, I was yeah. like, fuck. I'm going to USB right <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't. It was like fucking a bad way. Right. Like, God, no. No, I believe you know? it. But then yeah. I'm thinking, like, it's modern. If I go in the desert and I actually need to charge my phone and right. it saves my life, then. Yeah. Or use GPS. Because <laughs> there's deserts in Cleveland. Well, right. Oh, shit. <laughs> or the point is, there's nothing. I like People are like, oh, well, how dare you have that? Because we talked about it in an earlier podcast. People. There's a certain group of people who ride motorcycles that say, I'm going to... You saw the chopper parked as you walked in. There's a, there's a motorcycle over there that I hate riding, but I love riding. Mm-hmm. But I hate riding, but I love riding. And I hate the action of riding it. I love that I'm allowed to ride. Sounds like my first wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Thank okay. you for joining us, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. And I had to beep. I had to literally beep at a person who cut me off on that piece of shit on that Yamaha chopper. <laughs> and How with the clown horn? There, that, there you go. This is the audio portion of our podcast. <laughs> Wait, our podcast is audio only. This was this was the panic stop. <laughs> The one rear brake panic stop was accompanied with this and a little <laughs> finger. <laughs> I was really so hoping it wouldn't work. I literally work. clown shoes the fucker. <laughs> he pulled out in front of me without looking. I locked up the rear brake and slid about six feet while I flipped him off with my middle finger that was on the handlebar and clown shoes him. You know? And, like, and I was like, you just did that. You literally just used a child's toy to express your hatred and your venom and your vile. And just like your, your absolute anger at this asshole. He got a... Did like, you uh, lane split at the next stoplight and get the water? Squirting Daisy. Throw a pie at him. There's no way anyone in a car heard that horn anyway. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The only way that that could have been funnier is if you went over yeah. and you went to. I, I thought I didn't realize it was an actual horn. I thought yeah. it was like electrical, and this it wouldn't have worked. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I, I will say that for as little electrical is there is on that motorcycle. Both electrical systems do work. That's the headlight and the backlight. Oh. They both function. So, yeah. Steve, how's your mana? Mana, mana. I've been riding it. I mean, it's good. I love it. Yeah, good. I love that yeah. bike. Need your belt changed soon? No, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Why? Because, okay, here's the thing. Because about 18... changed for like 20,000 miles. Hold on. <laughs> Dustin and I have had a very bad experience this week with an 09 mana. Here's what I'm going to tell you. As your friend, as the guy who's going to look out for you in any situation, when the little belt emblem comes up on your dashboard, it might as well put a piece of tape over it. Because you're fucked. Put a piece of tape over it. Is that one of those where the factory service manual says, uh, like, belt replacement procedure? Step one, buy for sale sign. Yeah, Yeah. buy a for sale sign. Just trust me on this one. When the belt light lights up on your motorcycle, put a piece of fucking tape over it, do what our friend in Australia told us to do, yeah. and that is you drive it until it slips. Until it starts slipping, and it can no longer pull away from lights reliably and go 85 miles an hour. And that's when you change the belt. 
because Dustin spent, oh, about four hours of actual work yeah. wrenching mm-hmm. and about 96 hours of technical troubleshooting that we've now bequeathed to this shop. We are now using computers that aren't from this century to try and diagnose a problem that is like speaking Aramaic. The one computer speaks Aramaic, the other one is Dutch. I don't know. They don't want to deal with each other. There's issues. You, you can't change the belt. Without the computer system talking to the motorcycle right. to reset three separate parameters. Right. Once you change the belt, you, you are now officially chastity belted. You're locked out. So you change the belt. The motorcycle detects that you've changed the belt due to a belt tension sensor. A, a potentiometer. Potentiometer. Two. That's right. Two potentiometers. They detect that you've changed the belt, and they go, whoa, 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 whoa. You've changed the belt. You have to reset the belt tension sensor. And we're not going to let you ride this motorcycle until you've done just that. It completely cripples the bike. And now the bike is bricked. I mean, not bricked, but mostly bricked. Yeah, it moves, yeah. but not good. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. And so that's supposed to not happen with the modern ones. But on this 09, <laughs> we can talk to the main computer, the ECU, and we can talk to... No, we can't talk to the transmission. We can't talk to the dashboard, but we can talk to the ECU. But all three of them things need a good talking to. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying that the newer ones aren't going to do this? Well, well we tested the, the newer, newer ones one. have a different potentiometer totally different that can actually be uh, set manually yeah. with feeler gauges yeah. Yeah. if you can't do it with a computer. The right. old ones are purely electrical. electrical. Yeah, purely electrical. And it's a good argument for, once again, the, the hipster or, um, you know, bloody knuckles logic of, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to delete systems from my <clears throat> motorcycle until I have the smallest number of potential failures. So like, you're saying I should turn my mana into an Africa twin? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, you should, if oh, you yeah. ever had a reason. No, nope. no, I disagree, because <laughs> if you think there's potential problems in a mana, there's three times as many oh, potential yeah. problems Probably. in Africa twin. Probably. And that's that thing. Is I like, mean, I already go backwards, though. I mean, a lot of people, Africa twin. <laughs> a lot of people that like the chop cult lifestyle, the chopper lifestyle, they're going for the bike that's parked behind you. You know, we're reducing the number of operating systems that were even apparent on a 1970 Honda CB350, which was already fucking barely there as it was. And now we're down to a three or four wire wiring harness. You know, we've eliminated potential failures. Yeah, I think that's mechanical, and it's also, you know, from the, a new rider's perspective or just, you know, non riders, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. to look at something like that. Like you get it, you know. Yeah. In an age where there's not a lot of danger because you can do everything through your computer, when right. you see a bike like that, like it, it speaks to you because you just want something that doesn't have plastic and wires on it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in one respect, like the, the new bikes no, with all, all right. the computers and everything, you know, like the Mana has four separate computers in it. Right. Exactly. And yeah. it's, I mean, you think about it with EPA and everything, it's like, wow, that, this is smart. I can hook it up to the computer system. The computer tells me everything. But when the software's not working, or when the software between the bike and the computer's and not the working, does everything you're, great. Yeah, you're fucked. It doesn't hurt my body, and I don't pee blood after riding it for an hour like right. I did after that damn Yama Chopper. <laughs> and the Yama Chopper, 65, 70 miles an hour on the freeway, I have to give vagaries because it has no speedometer. <laughs> the speedometer is basically as much, you know, bugs hit your face. You yeah. Know, there's, there's a well, that bug hurt. I'm going 70. 65, 70, yeah. <laughs> there's no firmware upgrade or anything for that? Uh, well, there I is. I going to say there's a firmware upgrade in Yama Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Firmware? It's a fucking rigid asshole. There, uh, there, there is an upgrade. I think it has a wooden rear tire. The bike, <laughs> the bike won't take the upgrade. <laughs> yeah, the problem is the bike won't accept the upgrade. Yeah, the bike won't accept the upgrade. Because I believe the upgrade, the bike is speaking Aramaic, and the Dutch. computer is speaking Latin. 
So like one is a dead language and one is a less dead language, and then there's now a modern language. Like a problem for her. It speaks it the like language a, of the slaves. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about like putting up two like giant Tesla coils on either side of it and just like hitting it with like a lightning bolt's worth of electricity. And then calling his insurance. How about crowd jumping? <laughs> How about crowd jumping? Yeah. I was also thinking about leaving it out behind the shop. <laughs> I was say, could we just make it fall off a lift? That's why. That's why Luke is studying that book. That's uh, DOS for dummies. Right? DOS for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says, "This is a uh, this bike was written for COBOL and yeah, C plus plus." Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. I yeah, believe it was a... written in Pascal. Well, that's the the thing is, there's something reassuringly simple and organic about the motorcycle that has, those are coils. I know what coils look like. I can see them. They're right yeah. there, right? If I'd like to change that coil, there's one poorly suggested zip tie holding that coil on. <laughs> you know? That's what they do. And you're looking over at the one that you guys built for boat shoes, and, like, that guy, that guy's bike is a 1970 <laughs> Honda CB350. It's one of my favorite. Like, the 69 and 70 CB350s are my favorite. I love the shape of the gas tank. I love the little dopey reflector on the front fender, which is now gone because hipster. Um, <laughs> Boat shoes. Like the, yeah. that bike really is. That bike is trimmed down to the point where I'm happy to see an electric starter. That's the one thing I'm glad is still on the bike because of someday somebody's going to have to work on it. And the day I work on it, it's probably not going to be the day it's running great. I'm going to be really glad it's got an electric starter. <laughs> You're going to be really pissed if you have to kickstart. When I need to go kakada, 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 and I'm not blowing out my, but this one's plastic, my plastic knee, kicking somebody else's bad decision a thousand times. Yeah. (laughs) You're looking at that bottle of bourbon a little too intently. A little too lovingly? Yeah. All right, cool, guys. So um, on that, please remember. Yeah. Yo. Can I just say one thing? Of course you can say anything you want. So I've been talking to Ted from Ted Talks. Had uh, from Motorcycle Man. Motorcycle Man. Oh, so, fuck's sake! Bum, bum, bum. No, I just wanted to say I, 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 I was talking to you before we had the little. We put the R in Harley Davidson. But you know what? Those guys are okay. Oh, they're great. And and I, the, the yeah. guy, I was supposed to go on a ride with him this weekend. Yeah. And unfortunately, the weather's not cooperating with us. But I just wanted to say. Wait, you're going to go to New Jersey to ride with him? Yeah, I was going to go up to New York. I was going to ride down to Jersey and ride. Do the, they do a ride every year? And I was just going to go ride with you him. You noticed that we immediately thought he was going to Jersey to ride with them, and nobody for a second thought they were coming. <laughs> exactly. From Jersey no, to ride no, here. they're not. They're riding giant Harley touring motorcycles, and we figured he was going to get on his bike and go to Jersey to ride with them because we know Steve. Because Steve's hardcore. Because yeah. he's but, wearing shorts. But anyway, those guys, they, you know what? They just have a different podcast than us, but, oh, they're, yeah. but they're cool. I mean, just talking to them, they're pretty cool guys. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I'm I'm and by happy the way, that I got to. Know, I mean, I kind of got to know the guy a little bit, and and he's a cool guy. And I it's kind of funny that things, we've adopted so. we've adopted other podcasts. Yeah, like you've definitely adopted Motorcycle Man. I've definitely adopted Santa, you yeah. know, Santa Cruz, uh, the motorcycles and misfits. Um, I definitely have adopted them. I adopted Pornhub. Yeah. I mean, it worked out great. <laughs> yeah. We all accidentally adopted Cameron and his and his mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cameron's house is going to turn into a goddamn scooter rally because yeah. Well, I, I told you if you get a 150 like my mother's in that hideous green that you hate yeah. and it's in similar condition yeah. to my mom's, yeah. you're, in. My that is you're in. That is so hipster of you. <laughs> Take my Harley. <laughs> no, I, I love green. I have, if I could I be have, ironic and like totally have the green. No, I, think no I, I don't. I don't like that color. Ironically, green is my favorite color. I had a Mine too. That was right sage on. green. Yeah, oh my best God, color for smart people. Are fucking terrible. I. I 
I'm, when, I mean, I'm sorry. It's a terrible color and it sucks. Yeah. So if you give me a deal on it, you know, I'll give you. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give you a hell of I'm a deal. I'm drawn to the clown bike. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That bike does have the rapiest clown ever. Dag painted. Dag painted a clown on there that somebody was like, "I want you to paint a clown on my yes. gas tank," and they were like, "Yeah, I don't know." No, no, but can you make the clown super fucking not trustworthy and rapey looking? The clown has like dude tits that wrap around yeah, the back. Oh yeah, dude. the clown has man dude. back tits. He's dude, that clown is like <laughs> Carl from uh, Hunger. Aquatine Hunger, Aquatine Hunger Force. It's like if Carl became a clown. Carl, super duper untrustworthy, rapey looking clown, and that's the only thing I have to look at on a purple phallus shaped thing. On, in front of me when I'm riding that, that motorcycle. It could have been worse. It could have been one of the John Wayne Gacy serial killer clown nope. paintings. And the, the whole time I'm riding it, the only thing I can think about is clown in front of me and my butt hurts. All I heard was purple phallus shaped yeah. thing and it's my butt hurts. It's really, really bad. I, I, do have a, I do have a proper peanut, like I have an extra peanut tank. I got a couple of extra peanut tanks, but I'm going to put just a black peanut tank on there and I'm going to sell that to some hatchet man, ICP, oh, whatever. Yeah. Fucking juggalo Somebody guy. be down with They the can't buy. For they, that, nobody huh? can. A juggalo's not going to come up with a three grand or thirty five hundred to buy the motorcycle. Just but, the tank. But they'll buy the wall. tank. They can hang it up and you know drink their grape fago out of it. But <laughs> put it on I'm just going to put a black sportster tank on there because you know the good news is it's a fucking conversation starter. Man, motherfuckers, they see that clown, and they have to say something. It's about a conversation. It. It's a conversation. It's starter. enough that they had to put a not for sale sticker on it. What did they? Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah, no, it? no. Last I saw, there was a so not for sale sticker. That bike on it. is sitting in a in a retail establishment, and we have to tell people they're not allowed to buy it. That's the last really? I saw. It might not be on there now, but I the disagree. other day I walked in and it said not for sale. You know what? I am spiritually against that decision because I do want that bike to leave my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can build another one. <laughs> we can build a lot more of those. Well, even when have my... you seen what's in my garage? Take your butt. Take your pick. Even when my DRZ400 Supermoto was right. in here yeah. that I dearly love, right. when they had the not for sale sticker, and I was like, whoa, 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 Hold wait on. a minute. Let's not make any rash yeah. decisions. I that mean, bike is for sale. For the right price. Yeah, yeah. For sale. yeah I got family members. So if they were working here, yeah. their white slave trade is not out of the question. So, yeah, that's cool. All right. So, All right. All right. We've had enough. We I've had, had enough. Yep. Uh, and if anybody wants to uh, have their shit read on the uh, interwebs, yeah, send us an uh, email at, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, let's send it to clevelandmoto at gmail.com. Yeah, and please do, good. but make them not like 18 pages long. Oh, yeah, remember, we have to be able to read them. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like four paragraphs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah keep it under words or less. Yeah. Yeah, like, think, think like a high school essay. Yeah, I can handle my own thoughts, but I can't read other people's. So, it's pretty good. There you go. That's good. And remember, guys, drive fast and take chances and play us out. Where's Mechelfresh when you need him? Press the red button already.